From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter and make believe again from you. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. There has not been much postal news over the past week. However, the major event was the Postal Regulatory Commission's public, albeit virtual, hearing on the legally required advisory opinion on the Postal Service's proposed service changes, which would impact about 40% of the country's mail volume. A number of postal stakeholders, the Postal Regulatory Commission staff, and its commissioners themselves queried a few postal executives at the hearing about the data underlying the change in standards and the impact of their implementation on postal customers. In its testimony, the Postal Service suggested that postal customers valued reliability over speed of delivery. While the Postal Service estimates an average 18% increase in delivery time nationally, the Postal Service conceded that some postal customers would see a greater impact than others. Also, the Postal Service seeks a slower standard for its first-class package service, which is used for everything from small electronics to mail-order prescriptions. According to the Postal Service, this change would impact about 30% of first-class packages. Postal Regulatory Commission Vice Chair Ashley Poling pressed one of the postal executives on whether those customer expectations, that is, expectations for greater reliability than speed, were equally shared by the different age groups and geographic locations of postal customers, meaning by age group or meaning by rural or urban locality in which they reside or work. Commissioner Ann Fisher seemed to accept the conclusion that reliability may trump speed. Also, Chairman Kubiandu asked the Postal Service whether it performed a comprehensive analysis of the impact that the standards change combined with the imminent rate increase, what the impact would be on mail volume. That is, would the combination of higher postage that is expected to take effect in late summer and slower delivery speed depress mail volume? The Postal Service argued that even though mail speed would be slower, the delivery window would be more predictable since the agency would be able to meet a more forgiving service standard. Over the next few weeks, the Postal Regulatory Commission will review this week's hearing record, as well as the large number of submitted comments in order to prepare its advisory opinion to the Postal Service. Under law, the Commission's opinion is advisory, meaning it does not empower the Commission to veto the changes proposed by the Postal Service. As a result, the Postal Service may implement the new standard 90 days from the date on which the Postal Service first formally filed its request for an advisory opinion. That date was April 23rd of this year. At the end of 90 days, which is Friday, July 23rd, the Postal Service may implement the changes as proposed or may modify those changes based on the Postal Regulatory Commission's advisory opinion. 
Let's change gears a bit. Last week, we spoke about one of the two postal bills that was approved by the House Oversight and Reform Committee. That bill was H.R. 3076, the Postal Reform Act of 2021. This week, we will talk about the other bill that was approved by the committee, H.R. 3077, the Postal Service Improvement Act. Like H.R. 3076, H.R. 3077 was introduced by committee chairwoman Carolyn Maloney of New York. However, unlike H.R. 3076, the co-sponsors of H.R. 3077 are exclusively Democratic members of the committee. They include Representative Stephen Lynch of Massachusetts, Representative Brenda Lawrence of Michigan, and Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton of the District of Columbia. Obviously, this bill does not enjoy the same bipartisan support as its committee companion. Nevertheless, while H.R. 3076 represents the heart of postal sustainability, H.R. 3077 represents the agency's soul. As introduced, H.R. 3077 includes just two provisions, but it was the chairwoman's intent to use the bill as a vehicle for other postal provisions to improve the agency. First, as introduced, the bill would standardize the design of envelopes used by state election authorities to mail absentee election ballots. A standard design would permit the consistency and accuracy of tracking ballots throughout the mail stream. This uniformity with regard to election mail would help further ensure an already safe election for American voters who use absentee ballots. Second, the bill, as introduced, would provide postal employees with the same up to 12 weeks of paid parental leave that was extended to federal employees in fall 2020. This is a matter of equity, fairness, and family friendliness. Beyond these core provisions, as anticipated, a number of amendments were offered and approved by the committee to provide more substance to H.R. 3077. The First Amendment was proposed by Representative Raja Krishnamurthy of Illinois. Congresswoman Krishnamurthy actually was a guest on NAPS chat not long ago. The amendment proposed by the congressman would require the Postal Service to use the same service standards for first-class mail that were in place on January 1st of this year. In effect, this amendment would nullify much of the service standard changes proposed by the Postal Service as part of its 10-year plan and are currently under review by the Postal Regulatory Commission. In effect, the Postal Service would have to revert to the pre-existing service standards and not institutionalize slower mail delivery. This amendment, the Krishnamurthy Amendment, was adopted on a voice vote by the committee. Next, Representative Jerry Connolly of Virginia, chairman of the Subcommittee on Government Operations, proposed three amendments, two which are of supreme interest to NAPS and its members. The First Amendment, which was identical to H.R. 1623, the Postal Supervisors and Managers Fairness Act, would accelerate the commencement of EAS 
pay consultations to dovetail with the lapse of an expiring pay package rather than rigidly handcuff the beginning of pay talks to the ratification of the collective bargaining agreement of the largest postal union. This delay has in the past resulted in pay for gone for EAS level employees. In addition, the amendment would bind the Postal Service and NAPS to the findings and recommendations of a Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service fact-finding panel should a panel be needed to resolve an impasse between the parties. This NAPS advocated amendment was approved by voice vote. The other NAPS promoted amendment offered by Representative Conley reflects the language of H.R. 1624, the Postal Employee Appeal Rights Act Amendment. The amendment would provide 7,500 EAS-level postal employees with the same due process rights as other postal supervisors and managers. Currently, EAS employees in headquarters positions are denied due process through the Merit System Protection Board. Instead, they must go through the charade of an inherently biased process within the total control of postal headquarters. This Connolly Amendment was approved by voice vote. The final Connolly Amendment would require any individuals under consideration for the positions of Postmaster General or Deputy Postmaster General to file a comprehensive financial disclosure report with the Office of Government Ethics. These two reports must then be reviewed by the Office of Government Ethics prior to the hiring of the top two postal executives. This amendment seeks to address some of the issues that percolated last summer and fall relating to the current Postmaster General. This amendment by Congressman Conley was approved by the committee on a voice vote. Next, Senior Committee Member Debbie Wasserman Schultz proposed an amendment that would prohibit the Postal Service from denying any member of Congress access to a postal facility when that member of Congress is performing their official oversight functions, nor may the Postal Service temporarily modify postal operations during a congressional visit to hinder accurate congressional oversight. Over the past year, there have been numerous instances of postal management interfering with the performance of congressional oversight, but by denying members of Congress, including Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz, access to postal facilities. This amendment would preclude that interference, and the amendment was approved by the committee on a voice vote. Senior committee member Stephen Lynch of Massachusetts proposed two amendments, the first would authorize the appropriation of $8 million to the Postal Service to acquire and operate a fleet of electric vehicles and create an infrastructure supporting their use. Under the amendment, 75% of the next generation vehicles would have to be electric or zero emission. In part, this language reflects the policy of the Biden administration on renewable energy and also reflects the text of legislation proposed by Representative Jared Huffman of California. This amendment by Congressman Lynch was approved by the committee on a 24 to 15 vote. Congressman Lynch also proposed an amendment to authorize the Postal Service and the Bureau of the Census 
to prepare a report relating to the use of letter carriers for the 2030 decennial census. The amendment was approved by voice vote. Finally, Representative Jackie Speer of California proposed an amendment to permit the Postal Service to be used as a shipper of alcoholic beverages. But the Congresswoman withdrew the amendment due to stiff opposition from the wine and beer retailers. The bill, H.R. 3077, with all the approved amendments, was favorably reported to the floor of the House of Representatives by a 23 to 17 majority. Unlike its committee companion, this bill was only referred to the House Oversight and Reform Committee. H.R. 3076 was referred also to the House Energy and Commerce Committee and the House Ways and Means Committee due to the Medicare provision in the bill. It does not appear likely that H.R. 3077 will move until H.R. 3076 moves to the House floor. Also, there is no Senate companion to H.R. 3077, while there is a Senate companion to H.R. 3076, and that companion bill number is Senate Bill 1720. For your information, S1720 currently has 21 bipartisan co-sponsors. So when all is said and done, NAPS will continue to advocate on behalf of the two committee-approved postal bills, doing what is necessary to bring the bills to the House floor for consideration. NAPS will press for legislation that promotes postal viability, fairness to postal employees and retirees, and safeguards quality postal service. The struggle continues. I want to thank NAPS Chat listeners for logging on this week. If you enjoy NAPS Chat, please leave us a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share NAPS Chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter.